You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Hello everybody, it is Tuesday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. This is the Wrestling Rewind and of course we have a very special show this week because it's a show that I planned today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's how we do it here, a a a wing and a prayer. Not usually, not usually, but but today uh, was one of the the shows where I'm like, oh man, we didn't watch anything. Let's find something. And the WWE Network didn't disappoint. Um, so well, I have to we... say, Dara didn't disappoint. The the network has a lot of tripe on it. Dara managed to pick us out a, a lovely wee gem here. Fair, fair. And you know what? It is a wee gem. I, I was when I saw it there. I'm like, oh man, this is like this is made for this show. Um, so that kind of tells you what you guys are in for. But before we get into that, of course, my name is Daryl O'Connor, and I'm joined by the one, the only, the undefeated, one and all. You love him, Mr. Martin Herty. How are things, Martin? I'm, I'm flying. Looking forward to spooky season. Yeah, and so next week we have a special show where we're going to go through uh, the weird supernatural gimmicks of wrestling. And, you know, we the were going to record... The worst. Oh, so man. the best, the best will take us about seven or eight minutes, and then the rest of the show. <laughs> the rest of the show is going to mainly be WCW, and also TNA. Um, there was there was some good TNA content actually. There was on a um, there was on a, last week we were talking about Raven actually. I can't remember the name yeah. of the channel. If forgive me, it's like Mark One Two Three or something like that. And if we talk about him a lot on this channel, I I should actually know the name. But um, yeah, we were talking about Raven last week. It turns out he got inducted to the TNA Hall of Fame or Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame last week. Oh, I'll actually have to look that up because do you know what? I really like Raven. Yeah, Raven's awesome. He, even even WCW, there was a, a point where he was really good. Where they actually had a really good storyline going with him, and typically, like WCW, they just let the wheels fall off it. They threw it away. And then when WWF just stuck him in the hardcore division. He still kind of made it his own, you know. But yeah, I mean, like Raven's class, and when you see his stuff in in, in TNA, it's funny because during the Hall of Fame speech, all he does is refer to Impact Wrestling as TNA, so he does what I do. Because um, <laughs> I mean, it is you can call it whatever you want, but still TNA. Um, so that way they won't put him in the WWF Hall of Fame because he keep calling it the WWF. I, I think it's because his career in WWE, WWF, WWE was very, very poor. But um, the, the, that channel, it was again the name I can't remember, um, he did a whole review on Raven's time in TNA. It's very good. So, I mean, we might actually have to, like, dig into TNA. But, like, the problem with, with, with all TNA shows is trying to find them. I have quite a substantial TNA um, DVD collection. I, but it's only, like, from 2005 to 2009. The rest of it we're going to have to, like, 
get a new streaming service or something like that. Well, if you have one, but I don't want to pay for it. So no, I, I already. You're gonna, have, you're gonna have to give us some. Uh, you're gonna have to help us with the Patreon, or you know, send some some money or I, whatever. Because uh, I already curse you under my breath every week when the bloody <laughs> payment for the network comes out. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, Triple H is benefiting from it now, so it's okay. Yeah, but I'm not like you. I don't like Triple H. <laughs> not yet. You will. Uh, <laughs> you must. <laughs> we all come back to Daddy H. We all come back to Daddy H. Exactly. But no, in all seriousness, um, like once we find a way to kind of watch the TNA stuff, we will dig into it. But um, anyway, next week it's going to be all the spoopy, spoopy show. So it's going to be all the weird, crazy, insane uh, gimmicks that most of which, as Martin said, has failed. But that's for next week. So, folks, uh, again, if you want to email us in, you can. You could at nerdthenomedia.gmail.com, uh, show at gmail.com, and um, it's social media. Go to therestlingrewind.com and you can find literally links to all that stuff. And let us know what's your favorite crazy supernatural. Don't say The Undertaker, because that's not, that, that's obvious. Yeah. Something, <laughs> something weird, you know, what weird um, gimmicks did you like? And it doesn't have to be from WWE. It can be from New Japan. It can be from Pride. It can be from whatever you want. Um, yeah, anywhere. If anyway. we start, if we start opening the box to like uh, Noah. <laughs> Noah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I named three Japanese <laughs> promotions there. Yeah, Lucha Underground. Like, there you go. The, I mean, they're all Lucha Underground alone. The show will last about six weeks. Yeah. So let us know your favorite or your worst uh, supernatural gimmick, spoopy gimmick, and uh, we will mention them on the show. But Martin. This week, we're going to do a tight 55 minutes because I'm going to Rome tomorrow and uh, my flight's early. So we're, we're not going to go long. We're going to keep this nice and tight. In a show Sings. that was... So that's that, why we've had to kick Dave off this week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know. We stayed on talking for another two hours. That was a five-hour show last week. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was, oh, I was, man. I was looking at me watch going, I have training in five hours. Uh, Dave, you know, I, I, Dave wanted to talk last last week and, and he did. And we did a nearly three hour show with Martin. Uh, that was wild. And because if you haven't checked it out um, and you're listening on Phoenix FM, thank you so much. But go over to Nerthano Media or go over to the True Penny channel where you're able to get that full two and a half hour show where it took us an hour. To, actually, funny story, Martin. <laughs> so the listeners on Phoenix are going to be very confused by that. Because yeah, <laughs> I, I actually edited that show to fit into the hour. It must have been extremely creative, it, it very was extreme, brutal editing. It was, it was it, the word taking an axe to something doesn't sum it up. Rudely edit say, that show. What is it to say about editing? The secret is to kill your darlings. <laughs> so I did have to edit the show um, significantly to make it fit into 55 minutes. Um, but because if you're listening to and you're like, well, that was a really weird show last week. Now, you know why? Because it was two and a half hour long cut down into 55 minutes. So if you want to check that out, go over to Nerdthano Media, go over to True Page Channel, because that's where all our shows are. And they're free, but you can support the, the channel as well by Patreon, etc, etc. Um, right. So we have already done 1999 in WWE. And um, I think we have, haven't we? Yeah, I think we have covered WWE in 1999. It was pre-me. Pre I think it was. Pre-me era. But if we didn't, I think we definitely covered the majority of it. We might go in and and, and pepper the, the shows that we didn't do. Because there are some shows that we might have left out before we did full runs. And they're over on uh, YouTube as um, as playlists. 
So, you know, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the old shows and, and figure out where the gaps are and then we're going to finish those, Mark. I think that's probably a good plan. But, cool. but one thing we didn't do, and I think I did a lot of 1999 with Dave, um, we didn't look at a show which was on every Sunday night. It was usually before the pay-per-views. And that was Sunday Night Heat. Absolutely. And whenever you sent me the, the wee link saying this is the show we're doing, I was delighted because as soon as the theme hit, mm. it was like a flood of memories hit me. Because, again, yeah. if you're growing up in Ireland and you don't have Sky TV, yeah, Sunday Night Heat was probably the only wrestling that you watched. saw yeah. that wasn't like a VHS or a tape. Yeah, the only, the or, only like weekly show you watch Lave, or, yeah. or Scott well or um, even Lave, but... even Shotgun and Live uh, Wire on Sky yeah like not was Sky it... Sky 1 not Sky Sports so I, I didn't even have Sky and it really? was only whenever whenever Channel 4 picked up um, first Sunday Night Heat and then Channel 4 started picking up not all the pay-per-views but like mm. a couple of the the sort of bigger pay-per-views mm. um, and that's when I that was only when I started seeing wrestling kind of, um, not live, but started seeing it, uh, that it was up to date. Whereas before that, literally all my wrestling came from VHS tapes from the library, tapes from my older cousins, stuff that they'd tape on telly for me. Um, you know, <laughs> going around every Sunday, we'd go around to Jonesboro. I don't know if anyone knows what Jonesboro used to be, but it used to be this big illegal market where the... <laughs> on the border in South Armagh where they'd sell everything and you can right. get yourself like 10 really dodgily taped wrestling VHS tapes oh, for wow. like 5 punt <laughs> the punt was the old uh, the old Irish pound which we which we hope and pray comes back someday oh um, if only for the aesthetics a, a, a punt coin was this big beautiful I have one. Of, I, have one I have one in front of me it's on my desk Oh, it's a weapon. You can... Yeah, it, it's brilliant. But here's the thing. With five pounds, you could buy a house. You could buy a car. <laughs> and a bag you could buy everything. With, and a bag of meanies. And you'd be fine. Um, it was real money, you know. It was. Uh, it really was. It felt like real money. Euros don't feel like anything. Really. But I do miss to the pounds. Tokens, aren't they? Ah, oh, it's, it's wild. Yeah, but look, that's a whole other conversation. But, uh, you know, even actually English, English pounds feel like real money, which is ironic because the, the value is dropping. But... It feels like real money, you know, compared to when you have a, a like four or five pounds in your hand, you're like, ah, it feels like money. And you don't get that feeling with euros. It's it's very weird. I think because when it came in initially, like it's very hard to, to shift initial perception. So when we first made the change to euro, it mm. was worth less than the sterling. It was worth, le worth less than the punt. Yeah. And then there was a, a whole raft of cheeky burgers uh, the day the change was made. People would get like a 50 euro note yeah. and then literally just put it through a double-sided photocopier and go wow. in the shop with these literally just cut out paper notes and hand them over and be like, God, yeah, like these new Euro notes are ridiculous, aren't they? Wow. Apparently there was a spate of that all over the country. Wow, I did not know that. There you go. You Look, say what you want about this show. You definitely learn something. <laughs> Might not be wrestling, but... <laughs> no, but you, you learn something. But anyway, so it's funny because around this time was is when the Euro change was happened in 2001. So this was like nearly the end of the the punt. Like I remember when that came in. So 1999, 2000 was the was the heyday really of when you were aware because what we were like eight or nine around this time. 
yeah. then 2001 is when the, the punt came in. So, it's, you know, it's still relevant. That, that's that's my excuse. It's still relevant. Right. But let's get into it. So, I mean, when we were watching these shows with well, myself and Dave, um, we would talk about Heat, but we didn't watch it. And I think when we're watching WWE shows, uh, you know, from around this time period, um, we're probably going to have to watch Heat because a lot happens. A lot happens. And I mean, this show by itself. Sorry, one second, man. Uh, uh, this show by itself wasn't. It, it doesn't feel like a Heat show. You know, it's like it has it has matches in it. It has storylines in it. And it actually progresses the storyline forward in a way that the first hour Raw would. But that's what shocked me most about it. Martin, were you kind of blown away by this? Because I was. Genuinely. Uh, so the first thing that got me was that this is this is a pretty good idea. Like um, if we're talking about watching uh, WWF pay-per-views from that era, it's a pretty good idea to watch Heat because Heat was essentially a kind of a, a wrap-up show for mm. the week. It would you know, would have a couple of matches on it, um, mainly mid-card matches. But in between that, they were doing constant promos from what happened on Raw last week, what's happening on Raw tomorrow, what's the upcoming pay-per-view, what are the big storylines from it. So it is actually a pretty good refresher. Like if we are going to, you know, sort of review pay-per-views that maybe we haven't watched in a long time, watching that heat would probably give us a really good bit of background information on what was happening week to week on WWF to sort of lead up to that pay-per-view. Yeah, like it, it's 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 funny because like when when you're what the perception and what he became are very different things. You know, it would be like jobbers or pointless the most you get would be a tag team title match. Um you know tryout matches that's absolutely what it became and then velocity you believe velocity itself was great when it started and then kind of you know fell into its whole thing. But it, you know I think they should bring Heat back. Like, not as a pre-show. I think the pre-show is lame. I really don't like WWE. And we're not going to do this as constant comparison thing, but I mean, the closest thing you can say is a WWE pre-show. They're, compl- they're lame. They're a complete waste of time. And you don't feel like anything. Heat. On, unless you're Booker T. Unless you're Booker <laughs> then, T. Then, then, they're, then they're the highlight of your month. Exactly. Uh, and I'm sure if you're getting paid, you're probably going to be happy about it too. But, you know, I mean, even this random heat which is uh so to put this in context this is just before uh the raw not just before the raw rumble it's like a week or two away from the it's raw two rumble. weeks away yeah it's not even like the, the go home or anything it's the week uh, after mankind won the, the belt you know the infamous that's gonna put some butts in seats that's, oh so this, this is actually the show the show directly because there's only two shows at this point there was only like heat and but well, they're shotgun yes, as well. But this is pre SmackDown. SmackDown. This is pre SmackDown. Yeah. yeah, SmackDown wouldn't be a thing until September of that year. Well, well, that kind of sort of partly explains why this heat was was kind of really good because yeah, it was it wasn't until SmackDown came along that heat was kind of pushed into being the third, um, sort of week brand program or the yeah. third most important. Well, yeah, yeah, not brand, but you know what I mean. The third most important show. Uh, so but prior to this, like this is still like you say, it's still forward and storylines. It's got you know a hell of a gimmick match in the middle of it. It's got a big kind of ending that advances major storylines, mm. and it opens with like the corporation and the McMahon's coming out to the yeah. ring. You know, so like this is all stuff that's but this show has an I- but this show has, but this has an identity as well. Kevin yeah. Kelly's doing commentary. Shane's there doing color commentary. This doesn't feel like Raw. 
but it doesn't feel lesser than Raw. It's weird. It's like it's <laughs> WWE had to figure this out, find this, had to do this by mistake because there's no way they planned this, or if they did plan a fair play, because it's like this. This is what a second show should be, and it's kind of what SmackDown is now in a lot of ways. Where ever since Triple H took over, there is a very different feel, even NXT. A different feel to these shows and it is very revolutionary to be like whoa okay i'm watching something that isn't raw it doesn't feel lesser than raw but it's an hour it's it's, nice... it's complimentary it's mm. yeah it's a, probably what they had in mind when uh they initially la- launched rampage it's probably yeah. what open rampage would be yeah and, and in in some ways they've kind of succeeded in that yeah, it does kind of showcase the mid-card guys more, and then towards the end of the show, it might advance like a major storyline. But the big difference, as you say, is Rampage just feels like a kind of a lesser dynamite, whereas Heat, particularly in this era, yeah, it's kind of very much its own thing. It is its own thing, and I mean, I Kevin Kelly isn't the best commentator in the world. I know no, some people he's... like him. <laughs> but... I thought he was dread. Not so bad that he was um like putting me off like the commentators do now but uh i thought he was i thought he was a dreadful commentator like he he wasn't given any information but he I, you know he sounded excitable he sounded like he I, was really enjoying the show i'll tell you what though i'd much rather him than mike cole uh, there is a there's an alternative universe where kevin kelly is the wwe where mike cole is now because michael cole michael cole is in the place where he should have always been interviewing the blue meanie on this show <laughs> and that's where he should have stayed. <laughs> you, can, you can take that as a as an indictment or as an endorsement, whatever you want. You can <laughs> take it whatever. That's, that's where he should be. Interviewing the blue meanie, and that's it. Because when I saw him pop up, I was like, oh, there he is. He's gone now. This is Grant. And Kevin Kelly's back. I prefer Kevin Kelly. But no, I mean the thing about it is if this show had have stayed the way it was, um, I don't think a lot of a lot of the problems that WWE had maybe wouldn't have been a thing where like, and definitely the pre-show i mean bring it back to pre-show they should have just called it heat because it's like, even yeah. for the nostalgia of it just to be like oh look at it because there's there's something special about it because it's like it feels different it feels like this weird thing that you're watching and you're like okay this is cool i like this you know and it's it's on a sunday it's a cool night i always loved when they'd have them before the pay-per-views so i mean absolutely yes we're, absolutely where you're going to cover heat now when we're doing and you know what we might do martin actually we might just do a run of heats for any of the shows we missed just to kind of fill them in because it's an hour it it might even do it as a bonus show on, on the patreon or something where we just do heat yeah. because I'm, I'm fun shows. it's an hour when you're watching on the network it's oh, they zip 35 minutes. to 40 minutes is all it yeah. really is it just zips through but yeah i mean if you haven't watched heat folks and you're you're like what are you talking about one you're probably not listening to the show two uh you're probably under the age of 25 uh and if if you are you know those things and you're listening to the show and you're under the age of 25 do yourself a favor watch some heats they're good although i would say if you are of that kind of um era and you're used to wrestling not wrestling itself but wrestling fans now Mm. brace yourself before you go and eat because oh yeah the signs um and this isn't even a particularly like bad one but the signs range from the hilarious to the homophobic to the extremely horny. Like the horniness of the signs in the audience <laughs> for this bug standard Sunday night heat is alarming. 
Now, see, the thing about it is, again, we've often joked that once Twitter discovers wrestling, that's it. Um, and the thing about the signs in this era is, yeah, it's either... Well, look who was on the show. Sable was on the show. So they're extremely horny for Sable. Yeah, they're just... They really are. But then, yeah, there's a lot of homophobic signs. And to be fair, it's... I'm, I'm glad that's not a thing anymore, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, it's of its time, but it... Yeah. It's, uh, like, there's, it's, there's so many signs in the crowd that are noticeable that are such and such heel is is yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever derogatory word for gay you want to use um and they're everywhere everywhere like, yeah and, and that's well, it's it same. it's just well, it's the same on, H's or whatever well, you know well, it's the same on both brands it's all oh, companies wcw has them WC, it's funny though oh, right god yeah wcw think because it's in atlanta it'd be more conservative they don't really do it as much as WWE, WWE are always well, the fans anyway are like in this time are always you know you will find sixty percent of those signs. I think this is around because this is around the time with DX and, and South DX Park and, yeah. and South Park and DX were really pushing that kind of you know yeah uh, sophomoric humor. Yeah, they were. And like the extra up on the show. So the thing about it is, folks, again, if, if you can grow up with this or if maybe you haven't watched it in years, prepare yourself because it is a very, very different time. <laughs> and yeah. we are kind of just taking it as we, we find it, you know. Even myself, I was taken aback just by realizing and remembering how friggin' weird the Blue Meanie is. Oh my God. He's such <laughs> a weird guy. Weirding me out. Yeah, and he does commentary and it's even more weird on the show. <laughs> But After, um, afterwards, I was sort of sitting sitting in the house on my own, you know, huddled into the corner going, the, the Blue Meanie's not real. The Blue, Meanie <laughs> can't, the Blue Meanie can't hurt you. I think they missed the opportunity with the Blue Meanie to really push that. What they would do with him, he'd be gone within a year. Um, I mean, probably for the best. But they missed an opportunity with him. And, you know, we, we, we will have this. Cause, and I mean, this is why doing these shows are crazy. Because you would never see the Blue Meanie on Raw. Why? <laughs> they have Austin and The Rock. <laughs> Lumini's <laughs> <laughs> never getting TV time So we will be looking at he Again if there is interest we might actually do it As a separate show on Patreon um, Because I really want to watch these heats Because um, yeah. it's just fun um, But yeah and I mean also we, If we if we leave a show to the last minute Like we did today we'll probably watch the heat again So that's what you guys are in for So uh, yeah Prepare. <laughs> Prepare accordingly. <laughs> right. Um, and they are all on the network as well. Which You know, before the network, actually, I had all the episodes of Heat on a hard drive. All of them. And there are two, there's only 250 of them. So, I mean, they all are there. You can find them, but they are on the network. So, you know. Yeah, what did, it, what did it went from 98 to... 2002, I think. 2003. Is that it? Yeah, that was it, yeah. Very wow. short period of time, yeah. Uh, then it was replaced by Velocity. Yeah, that's a that's <laughs> Velocity had some good good like that's where AJ Styles and stuff made his debut in WWE. Not as not as no, as AJ Styles, yeah. Yeah, but like is this back around the time of his yeah, his WCW. Yeah, yeah. He, it's he, not he, like they didn't try him out on Velocity before he appeared at the Royal Rumble. No, no. <laughs> he was hanging out in Florida. Did you not listen to the promo? AJ Styles, give him give him a dark match on Velocity. <laughs> see what he can do. <laughs> All right. Okay. So this show again, that's the time period. Uh, it's 10th of January, 1999. Freeman Coliseum, San Antonio, Texas. So uh, a lot of love for Shawn Michaels in this, which will become very important in a few minutes. And the show began 
with Vince Shane McMahon, Vince and Shane McMahon, Jared Briscoe, Pat Patterson walking down to the ring and cutting a promo on Mankind, disgusted by Mankind winning the WWE Championship. And here's the thing. They play a little video package beforehand explaining kind of what happened, that, that, uh, that uh, Mankind was screwed over his opportunity to go into the Royal Rumble. And then he he nearly broke Shane's arm, so he got a title match, and that's how he got the title match. Austin came out and cost um, cost the Rock the belt, and that's how Mankind won, and he celebrates with DX. It's weird though because he was few. He uh, him and Triple H killed each other the week before in a match, <laughs> and Triple H is out there celebrating with him, and I'm like, well, um, DX was always kind of fascinating like that. In that Triple H was. Even when Triple H is a good guy, he's always kind of been in for himself as well. Yeah. But yeah. DX was always over as a, as a group. DX was always over, and DX yeah, it's was just, it's always kind of skewed babyface. It's weird though, because when you're watching this in in revisionist history, which is how this time period and this particular angle is portrayed by WWE now, none of that's there, and it makes sense because it's just a weird thing to think about. You're like, wait, how did this? happen but when you when you look at triple h's heel turn later on when he joins the corporate ministry it makes way more sense because you're like oh they set this up back in in january I yeah it, it's long-term storytelling but wdb's mindset up until you know triple h ironically took over uh didn't really do long-term storytelling so i mean it, it is what it is you know uh okay well again Long time storytelling was like a feature of the Attitude Era, but not not in recent years. So what's cool about this is, uh, obviously they're cutting the promo. They announced that Shawn Michaels was the hero, and uh, he had to be fired because he super kicked Shane. Oh, sorry, yeah, he, he, he super kicked uh, Vince. Sorry, not Shane. Uh, Shane was jumping around the ring like a like Shane McMahon, who was very annoying. Actually, yeah, this was incredibly annoying. But I suppose he's a heel. That's what's supposed to be, right? Uh, I, I was really expecting, and maybe I was probably given uh, putting too high an expectation on you know an average Sunday night heat. But I was really expecting because it was his hometown, Michaels to show up at some stage. So even was if I. It was just jump out of the crowd and run in. I thought he uh, was going to cut a thing on the t- the, t- the Titan Tron. Or the, so what happens is they they're they're you know running down Sean. They're giving giving him the business, and mm. then. McMahon notices Jose Lothario is yeah. in the uh, is in the crowd, and he's yeah. the guy who trained Shawn Michaels, and yes. he, for a certain period of time, was kind of his manager. Would appear in the shows with him. Yes, and he takes him in the ring, and you know they have a bit of a back and forth, and Jose Lothario says something like, um, "I don't need to apologize for Shawn Michaels," and then I'm waiting for him to say. He could do it himself, or something like that, and uh, you know, Michaels would appear. But yeah, surprisingly, it uh, it never happened, and he gets a he gets a beatdown from the Stooges. He does, he does, and um, well, no, he actually says is he flips on the bird, and he says to Vince, he sucks. Yes, yes, and then he gets kicked out of the ring, and at that point, I thought they would have done, you know, Shawn Michaels would have appeared on the Titantron at the very least. I was very surprised that he was, but then again, I'm like, I'm watching the Heat. Well, if he was if he was fired at the time, I was yeah. expecting him to leap, just leap from the crowd, because then that doesn't break up the sort of continuity of the story. I I think that does happen on a raw at some point, but uh, but 
the only reason was because again this was his, his hometown you know yeah yeah, yeah. but um, what, but it, here's the thing if they did that they wouldn't have been able to set up the wider story which is Shane McMahon appearing on commentary with Kevin Kelly yeah that's right that's true yeah which which is the real story of the night like the cool thing about this is it doesn't really matter about what's going on in the ring that much there's some cool stuff that happens but everything that happens on the show actually tells this interwoven story that is actually fascinating. Like you care about the blue meanie for some reason, which is amazing because nobody cares about the blue meanie. You know? It's mad. And the matches are all like, um, like I assume that, you know, over the course of this review, it'll mainly be about the story and the show as a whole, because the matches are kept fairly short. But that, um, well, here's the thing, man. What you said there is something that people don't, don't remember about raw in the attitude era matches were two minutes. Oh yeah. No, yes. the wrestling. Here's the thing. I'm gonna gonna like break. I'm gonna break uh, some illusions here for people. In the attitude era, wrestling didn't matter. No. <laughs> did matches for two minutes on Raw and SmackDown. Raw and, and SmackDown. And, and unless it was like real top level stuff, a lot of them weren't even very good in the no. in the couple of minutes they got. No, and but the pay per view matches were always solid. The house matches apparently were always pretty decent. Because um, that's where they would try stuff out. But as far as like what well, people don't remember, realize now, or may may not realize, because they're they're young. Um, WCW is what you watch for the wrestling. <laughs> you never yeah. watched WWE for the wrestling. You watch it, it it's mad to think about it. About it. WCW yeah. was where the serious wrestling fans were. WCW was AEW back yeah. in the day. You know that well, AEW is, is WCW now. Like it's it, yeah, it, it's the way it is. Like you know, it's the way it's always been, and that's kind of the mentality. You know, you'd watch, you'd watch WWE for the sh- for the the stories and the the, the main the pay per views would be where everything happened. But man, you could you could watch you could watch Raw and ne- not watch the TV. You'd listen to it because it didn't matter. Nothing that happened on the show really mattered because it was overall the story. So you know, but what's cool about this is this broke away from Raw because it had like a super rare gimmick match twice. Yeah, I was really surprised that it did. In the show. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot these happened. Because obviously, I know the ones that happened on Raw. And I love this gimmick. This is probably my favorite gimmicks. I really like it. But the fact that it happened twice, and it got me because I didn't realize it was happening at the end. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Now, the funny thing about it is, right? Two L3, sorry, two L40 matches have, have no finish. Yeah, <laughs> they get thrown out, so they don't mean anything. <laughs> it means nothing, but that doesn't mean it was bad. So let's get into it, all right? So the first match, the first match here is uh, well, okay, sorry, Al Snow and Blue Mean are interviewed by Michael Cole, and it's super weird and crazy. And <laughs> you know, it's it, you know, they're obviously talking about stuff which we can't repeat here because it's um the watershed. But Al Snow had a gimmick where he had he carried around a mannequin head at the time, so you know, use your imagination. And um, what does everybody want? What does everybody want? Exactly. This is this is when he started doing it because what happened was um, he got uh, blood batted by the brood. So the brood used to do a thing where they drop blood on everybody and got blood bat. That drove Al Snow crazy, and he started imagining that this mannequin head would talk to him. And this is actually the origin of that gimmick. It's, it happened on Raw, and then it was fleshed out on Heat. So thanks to Heat, that's how you got Al Snow's most popular gimmick. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> right. So. Uh, Christian comes out to the brood music, and Christian looks badass in this. I've always been a fan of Christian, but he looks. Brood entrance is class. Amazing. It gets everyone over. The music is brilliant. Uh, The lighting and just a wee bit of smoke and everything, like, it's phenomenal. 
it's weird to see Christian out by himself. You never really saw that. You only saw every now and then. Like he won the light heavyweight championship, which was weird, against Takamichinoku. Uh, some some at some point in nineteen ninety eight, I can't remember the actually the exact pay per view, but it did happen, and that was weird. But when he was in the brood, you never really saw him on his own. So to see him out in heat was was kind of unique. He's always there with Edge or with Gangrel. Um, and also the fact yeah, that Gangrel I was, was weird. One of them wasn't at least just sort of with him, you know, like stand at mm. ringside or something. Um, but I was watching it going, God, it's like fair play to Christian, like really one of the uh, one of the really genuinely top gays who maybe isn't always thought of as a top gay. Yeah. Um, you know, because like a lot of his run happened in uh, TNA and that. But here yeah. he is. So this show is 1999. Yeah. Here he is 23 years later and he's still kicking ass and not like good for you know, good for an old fella or in No, he's legitimately his, brilliant. Yeah, or like like Sting in matches where his weaknesses are maybe hidden or that. No, Christian's going out there today and yeah. having brilliant matches on AEW. And that's, and he does eventually win uh, with a falling reverse DDT, so it's the, the Impaler um, that he wins with, which, you know, they didn't have a name for it at that point. That, that's how little Christian was used outside of the brood. They didn't have a name for his finish. And he didn't really look comfortable. He just kind of looked like, he looked very, he, do, he does look very weird. Um, is, is this, how how long into the brood gimmick is this? It's about, what? January six, 99, so six, it can't be that long months. into it. No, it, it. It's about, it's three to six months. It's not super long. Right. They just, like they just started doing the blood bats. Yeah. You okay. know? The, the other thing about this is that the match, like I say, probably partly down to the fact that, uh, it's mid-card stuff and also down to the fact that, you know, the show's only an hour long. The match itself is decent, by no means a bad match. It is match. decent. It is very decent, yeah. But it's um, it's really, it's essentially just uh, something around which the angle can happen. So yeah. Goldust comes out and steals head and runs off with head. And then Blue Meanie... Literally the mannequin head, folks. But, yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's a mannequin's head that he's doing. And then the uh, and then the blue meanie takes off after Goldust. So even when Al Snow gets pinned, he straight away just hops up and runs out of the ring to yeah, run after. The camera cuts. Head. You don't even see the pin. The camera cuts yeah. to to Goldust. So like I say, the match is perfectly decent yeah. television match, but it's not like it's not the priority. No, know? the the priority is the the Al Snow and Goldust are feuding. That's the yeah. real real angle. And the Brood are kind of... Actually, we'll talk about Brood next week when we're doing the Supernatural thing because the Brood are great, but... Oh, yeah. Um, I have a list of spoopy wrestlers here. Yeah, and I mean, there you go. Like, the the Brood are, are the case in point why they were so cool because they're not really aligned to anyone yet. They don't... The ministry isn't there. The corporation is there, but not really... It's not fleshed out like it would be. They're just kind of there, just doing things. And this is one of the things that they do. Bloodbath people. It's cool. Uh... Next up, we have Michael Cole again, for some reason, <laughs> interviewing Sable in San Antonio. So they're literally just like walking and they're having the chats. And uh, Sable's like, yeah, I get to do all this stuff now because I'm the women's champion. And isn't it great? And Michael Cole's like, isn't it a big responsibility? And she's like, yeah, it's fine, though. And I'm like, oh, Sable, is, you know, she Sable. was a, 
she was a fire promo. She was oh, amazing a, in the ring. A bag like, of charisma. That's, that's why. That's why she made it all the way to the top. You know. Careful, uh, Brock Lesnar will find and kill the two of us. I was just about to say, do you think because like so we were talking earlier with the signs and like fifty percent of them are homophobic and fifty percent of them are just horny for Sable. Yeah. Do you think like so Brock was like, would he have been a fan at this time? And he was like. Bang, that's my fantasy woman and I will have her. You know what? If we ever get to interview Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I'm not <we're> asking. Like, <laughs> well, no, we ask and then we run really quickly. You ask. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, Brock's great interview. Thanks very much. Wrestling Rewind, the only podcast by wrestling fans are still of wrestling. And just before we head, Dara has one more question for you. <laughs> and then what you do, you ask and then run out the building really quickly. Because I mean, because he falls so fast, he can get you. You know, he has to kind of, you know. But uh, yeah, no, I, I would be scared to ask that question. But no, journalism needs I'll, to be I'll, done. Damn it! I'll fight Punk, but I'm I'm not putting my undefeated record on the line up against Lesnar. I don't think there's any fight with Lesnar. I think he just kills you, and that's it. <laughs> there's no fight. Like there's no fight. Um. Okay. So after that, which uh, the segment goes on far too long. It goes on like four minutes. It's it, it is very tedious, and they cut back and forth to it a couple of times. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, but the next segment makes up for it, right? So Dan Severin, who has been uh, kayfabe crippled by Owen Hart, um, is the referee. Now, we posed a question last week when we were talking about the fight pit. Did the referee ever be on top of the lines then? We got our answer. There you go. They did. They did. Sometimes they weren't, sometimes they were. In this case, Dan Severn was on top of the lines then. Um, so it's very much like the fight, fight pit. I love the lines then. I think it's one of the best gimmicks that they need to bring back. Even have it with the fight pit. Just bring, I think it's, it, I, it looks, you know what, no, I mean, I'm sorry. Throughout the whole night, it's just in the corner. And it yeah. looks so cool, man. It's, it's just it's like. A, it's a really good idea. It's just this iteration of it is is very flawed they have something they genuinely really have something with it <clears throat> and all it would take is maybe a few changes a few tweaks to how it's presented um there's like like i liked both matches that were in the in the lens then even though you know it's fairly limited in, in what you can do uh, but I, I think this is they have something here there's just it just needs tweaked slightly there's just something missing from it but it's still it's one of those things that even though it's flawed maybe partly because it's flawed you you, you kind of love it yeah i mean like obviously it uh, i think like so on heart we haven't really talked on heart hasn't really appeared on this show that much which is surprising to be honest with you but he has a couple times i think this is his second appearance in alliance then um on this show no, he, i think he had a match we did a match with kevin uh, ken shamrock in SummerSlam 1998. So he's, he's you know, kind of a vet to these kind of things. Steve Blackman would have my favorite Lions Den match with uh, Ken Shamrock in some, SummerSlam 1999, a weapons Lions Den match, which is even cooler again. But how, how many Lions Den matches have there been? See, I thought there was only four. It, there must have, although there's two in this show alone. So obviously my numbers were wrong. Um, they're probably close to 10. Oh, wow. Does Vince even have one as well? Yeah, Vince had one with Ken Shamrock as well, I think. Well, yeah, that's that's something worth looking at. I can see they're all kind of centered around the likes of uh, Shamrock, Black, Black, Blackman. Blackman, and Shamrock. Shamrock, yeah. they're the two lads that use the line. Because right? this is kind of their version of 
uh, UFC. You know, this yeah. is... Well, here's the thing. They are so ahead of their time in this. Because this wasn't... Like, I remember seeing... It's left such an impact on me that 22 years later, I'm still talking about it. Um, and they were so ahead of them because UFC wasn't a big thing in 1999. UFC wasn't a big thing until maybe 2010, 20, 2009. So, I mean, to see that, that would be people's first interaction with a cage like that, you know? It's, it was certainly um, the wrestler's first interaction with it yeah. because yeah, while... They struggled while, a great while, deal, yeah. Yeah, no, no, like, they're two great wrestlers. Man, I think, like, obviously everyone loves Owen Hart, but I think Steve Blackman is maybe the perfect mid-card gay. You know the, sad, know the sad part about Steve Blackman? So Steve Blackman was brought in, got an injury. I think he got really sick. He got, he got diverticulitis, speaking of Brock Lesnar. Uh, Took him out for two years, and then he worked his way back. So he was supposed to be a big thing two years before this, and would only come back in. Like, he's over as hell with this crowd. Incredible. incredible. Everyone, like... He, he never really, like, so, so obviously partly down to that illness, I didn't know that, um, never really made it to the heights he should have. Man, he had an amazing look. Yeah. An amazing character that didn't require him to be a great promo because no. everything he did was in the ring. Yeah. Um, and he was the kind of gay who, even if you never made him the top gay, he could always be counted on to be like, say you have a new champion, to be their first, like, defense. And, yeah. you know, he, would put up a really credible, you know, holy hell, he's this guy's dangerous. He might win. So I think, man, I think Steve Blackman is maybe the perfect, and I don't mean this as an insult, the perfect mid-card guy. Yeah, the perfect gatekeeper. Brilliant. Yeah. Like, genuinely, like, and that's the way he should have used them. And he didn't for one reason or another, and head cheese happened and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, we'll get to that when we're doing our 2000 run. But, um, I mean, look, so I, I I will go on record and say Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman are two biggest missed opportunities in WWE history. Oh, legitimately, massive. two of them could have been top tier guys, but we're probably two couple couple of years too early. And this kind of match proves it. This match is pretty good. Own Hart, you know, I I I don't know. Own Hart didn't look right in this, but he wasn't supposed but to. He's supposed you can to be tell, there, you know. You can definitely tell both gays are really getting used to the feel of the cage so yeah there's so the lay-in stand just for anyone who hasn't seen it uh one of the unique features of it is that the cage around the well it's not even in the ring the cage is the ring it's yeah. sloped sloped at a, so you at can't an climb it yeah so you can't really so, climb it yeah so there's a couple of moments here where for example blackman tries to suplex owen into the cage but it's such a weird angle that his feet hit it and then owen pretty much just free falls like nearly onto his head um there's another moment where blackman tries to like jump off the cage mm. um but again it doesn't really work because of the angle yeah and then the way it's set up is that um it's the the panels the cage panels are actually quite small mm. so at several points around the cage you don't have the uh the kind of wire mesh you have the literal steel support bars but they are they're every couple of feet and there's a few moments where you could see either owen or blackman was whipped into the cage and hit the bars and you could see in their faces they were like oh my god that was that you know that hurt that that hurt yeah so there's a lot of yeah a lot of getting used to it a lot of feeling around 
by no means like an amazing match, but you've got two great guys in there and they make the most of it. But you know like, what, Martin? It wasn't an amazing match, but it left an impact. Oh, th- that's exactly what I was saying. Like, I mean, the thing about it is, it's like the the, the match itself. It's it's kind of different to the fight pit, right? Where you're like, oh, he went into this. I mean, they this this match was four. Let's be generous. Four minutes, right? And it, <laughs> yeah, and no ending. And no ending. The ending <laughs> happened. Uh, what's it? Um, Blackman had had um, had a dra- had a dragon sleeper. Sorry, Dan Severn jumped down, attacked Bla- Blackman, put him in a dragon sleeper, and then the officials pulled him apart. And there was no. So that was that was one right. thing. I was the other thing that caught my eye about this match. So Owen Hart gets the sharpshooter on Steve Blackman. Yeah. And Steve Blackman does the reverse to the sharpshooter where he ends up with a sharpshooter on Owen. And I thought that was interesting because it was. very rarely nobody but Brett or Owen got to do that reversal. Yeah. Steve Blackman, man, again, if you were to just watch this and they were building towards it, I don't know what happened. I mean, we pro- again, we probably should look into this, but something happened at some point where they just... Uh, you were like, this guy is the business, you know, has everything. And then, you know, him and Dan Severn looked like they were going to go have a serious match. So we're probably going to have a look and, and see what actually happened. <laughs> Gotta say but, as well, Severn looks amazing. Yeah. He, he looks like someone went back to like the 40s or 50s yeah. and just plucked like the top gay from then. And put him in the nineties. Top you know, bruiser. Yeah. Yeah he, <laughs> yeah. he looks like he should be coming to the ring with a big pipe in his mouth and you know, oh. two huge barbell weights, just like he was oh, he was incredible. It's like um, you know, gangs in New York kind of thing. That's why he, he that's looks exactly, like, you know. He looks like a beefed up Daniel Day Lewis. Exactly, exactly. Da- Daniel so, Bay Lewis. <laughs> so obviously this match went to an old contest. Uh, and then, but interestingly enough, this was again to to finish out the storyline. So Blackman was shown thrown chairs around backstage, and they would cut back to him a couple of times. So it wasn't over. The next match was a bit of a dud. I love the ha- the headbangers, but they were never a good tag team. Uh, they were just kind of gas, and um, they they had a fictitious universal tag team championship belt. So this, these belts didn't exist. This was for this is a match to mend nothing. It's like science belt. But isn't this? Like uh, and I've always I've always had issue with the universal title. I know it refers to the WWE universe, but like that's it. That's not what it sounds like. It sounds like you've gone from the world title to the universe. Like, yeah, but it that's, just that, sounds... that's what happened here. But that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in 1999, at least they knew how friggin' Ridiculous. silly that's. Yeah. Like now, like oh, you know, if if Vince was still in control of WWE now, I would be expecting. A universal tag team championship <laughs> that the Usos can win. <laughs> um, but no, look, this the oddities, uh, Golgotha and Corrigan. Some people like the oddities. I never liked the oddities. Well, Corrigan. So, so these oh. guys came along after um, uh, the what was it the the Truth Commission? Yes. After they were disbanded. Yes. Corrigan is awful. He's he, um, he he's only actually in the ring. Most of this match is Golga. Yeah, he's, he's only actually in the ring, Kurgan, for a few minutes. Yeah, and in that few minutes, he's dr- like he gets kicked in the leg and he like sells his back. Yeah, you know, nah, he, he's, ki- he gets he's kicked in bad. one direction and he like moves in- into it. Like it just he's 
dreadful, right? Yeah. Now, that was bad enough, but what really hurt me, like, genuinely, so I did a bit of research after I watched the show, um, you know, because that's why Dara pays me the big bucks. Yep. Um, and this genuinely broke my heart. I was really upset. I never knew this. Do you know who Golga of the Oddities is? Uh, I can lie or I can say the truth. No, I don't. He's Earthquake. Oh, man. Is that That's not the saddest? Is that not the, have I bummed you out for the rest of the, the evening? Because that, That's so... That, well, ru- I mean, it, it expa- that ruined my day. It explains an awful lot why he was so decent in the ring. <laughs> but it's also quite unfortunate at the same time. So so apparently Earthquake went away and he, he lost a load of weight. Like mm. he was... Like he's a big, big man, obviously. But he'd lost, you know, like, remember when he was at his height of earthquake, he was like this insanely fit, but incredibly heavy Yeah, sure. Man. He, he was a, he was a accomplished sumo wrestler as well, I believe. Oh, he was incredible. Yeah. So apparently he went away and he lost a load of weight. So he came back because, because he didn't have, you know, that stature anymore. He'd lost a load of weight to the point where he just looked like, you know, an average fat guy, even though he was still incredibly like. No, to be honest with you, that's exactly the exactly what was in my head when I was watching it. Someone who was, yeah, that's what I was like. It didn't help that he was in a t-shirt that kept riding up as well. I'm like, man, this looks real bad. So, so apparently, yeah. when he went back to WWF, they were like, "You're you're too small now to do the earthquake gimmick." Um, so they stuck him in this this mask and put him with the oddities. Man. I. Like, I used to think that whenever we were watching, like, late WCW and kind of seeing how how far the likes of Vader had fallen, man, that was nothing. When I found out Galga was Earthquake, that just, that ruined my day. It can make, but, but Galga and Corrigan did get the win. They did. They're the so. Intergalactic Universal <laughs> Tag Team Champions. And I don't think they ever lost the belt. So, I mean, that's something, right? That's it. That's... There you go. For us. There you go. So after the match, uh, Blackman finds Severin in the parking lot, and they have a little bit of a brawl. Hart makes the save, and then Hart and Severin drive off together. The next was, you know, a dip in the show. Mick Foley shows up, and they do a home footage thing. Now here's the thing: at the time, we never saw that footage. That was kind of the first time that footage was shown. But you've probably seen it to death. It's on every Mick, Mick Foley thing. And yeah. <laughs> So it was fresh then. Now, Fair play. I wonder did Mick know when he was filming himself jumping off the roof of his house that, you know, that that, not even that that would be his entrance into wrestling, that that specific footage would be seen everywhere. For the next 20 years. Because I, me and, and forever, friends, really. when we were younger, we made wrestling videos. And I swear to God, if someone told me, Martin, you could be the AEW world champion all you have to do is let people see the tapes. Nope. Nope. That's grand. <laughs> so this show, uh, so throughout the show, there was, um, you know, uh, there was a secret of what Vince McMahon's going to do. You know, apparently there was a surprise that Vince McMahon was going to do. So we see backstage that Vince is talking to the big boss man, our boy, the big boss man, the ultimate bookily big <laughs> boss man. Love the big boss man. The, the, the only cop who's welcome in South Armagh. <laughs> <laughs> So Big Bossman gets into the lines then with Tony Chimmel, right? So this is like Tony Chimmel. He looks like he's, you know, from the 80s. It's so weird because uh, you wouldn't see him until another seven years when he was doing the Rated R Superstar thing with Edge. And uh, then he's like, right, he introduces Triple H, which is crazy. 
Triple H comes into the ring, comes into the lines. Then they have a brawl. Looks like a beast. But and you're like, you know, I had a boss man of Triple H. I didn't think I wanted to see that match. Really? Yeah, but it was. Yeah, it was good. Really? Like when the bo- when the boss man was, boss man had a a period of time, sort of after the weight loss and then before yeah. things went off the rails altogether. After he, he came was, back from WCW, yeah, where he was really really great. Yeah. Um. I'll tell you, one of the things that got me about this was how, like, so we were talking earlier about how the wrestlers didn't really know what to do with the Lions Den. You can kind of tell nobody did, because during the initial Lions Den match, the commentators were going, we don't even know what the rules are here. Is it pin? Is it submission? There's no DQ. We know that. But, like, how the hell does this work? We don't know what a Lions Den match is. And then when this match started, the first thing the commentators said was that was, uh, Oh God, we didn't know this is a Lions Den match. They're they're going at it in the Lions Den. I, I guess yeah. this is a Lions Den match. So yeah, we had two Lions Den matches on Heat, and I, I, and in our chat, Martin, I was like, when you see it, you'll see it. And this is it. Two Lions Den for the price of one. Like, come on, brilliant. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so Shane leaves the announcer's table and then throws the nightstick in. He climbs the cage, throws the throws the the nightstick in. He start baiting Triple H out of it. DX run in and they can't, but the corporation appears. So you have this big brawl with DX and the corporation. And then there's a brawl until the show ends. And I think this show is the tightest 35 minutes of let's let's okay. The tightest half an hour of wrestling as a show of what wrestling is and can be that you'll ever see. I think it should be studied in universities <laughs> for how cool it is. It's like you made gold out of nothing. All you had to do was a cage match that had no rules and nobody knew what was going on. And just like one or two stars and the rest just jobbers. And it was glorious. Michael Cole was away from and you, the commentary you, cable. It was brilliant. Had everything. And your first your first two ever, ever Lions Den matches. Two non-finishes. And Triple H was in one. I did not know Triple H was in the Lions Den match. So that made it better. In my book, he won. But the boss man won. I'd still be happy because the boss man you know well, but it's also well, now you know, we know where, where nxt got the idea for the for the fight pit yeah probably triple h was in the second ever lion's den match yeah well it wasn't it wasn't no it wasn't the second ever lion's den match because there was a lion's den match in summerslam 1998 oh but, so this oh right so this wasn't no i, own, I thought own, this was the first one no owen hart and ken shamrock had one on on summerslam now i'm actually going to do some research and look into what, what what the first one was but i think that was the first one own own heart and uh, Ken Shamrock in the Lions Den match, but it's cool and it's interesting because you think you know we said Ken Shamrock and and Steve Backman were in these matches. It's interesting that you know it's like a, a WWE you know what's a two K game where you're like oh yeah Lions Den Triple H and Big Boss Man. That's what it felt like. <laughs> it didn't. There was no reason for them to be there. They just where you know. Uh, <laughs> And then DX, like you're saying at the end, DX comes running in and it ends in this big brawl and all that. But DX aren't even like, they're not even dressed like DX. They're just in like street clothes. Like yeah, Road the, Dog climbs into the cage. And he has a hoodie just, on. He's in this hoodie and it's like, who the hell is that? Yeah, because he, he, he doesn't only have the hoodie on. He has like, he has a do-rag on. He has the hoodie and the hoodie's up pulled like Kenny. And he, yeah. you can't even see him like. Because I thought. I was looking at them climbing in the ring going, oh my God, who, like, that's going to be a big reveal. They're going to jump in the cage and beat them down and then whip the hood back and it's going to be like, 
or Austin or somebody. It's like, no, no, it's, it's just, just road, road dog in his like, regular street clothes. Like he walks around like that, which is bizarre because I mean, can't see him. Uh, like, and I wouldn't have even known it was him if it wasn't for the commentator saying, "Oh, that's that's Road Dog." It's like, oh, fair enough. Yeah, that so, was that was uh, exactly how I found out as well because I was like, "Wait, and who's it going to be? Who's going to be?" It's like, "Oh, there's Road Dog." No, no, that's disappointing. Yeah, so it's like you know, a weird show. I would 100 percent recommend it. It's probably on YouTube. It's on the network. It's 35 minutes. The only down point really is the Sable. Uh, Mick Foley thing only for the fact that I've seen that Mick Foley biography for 20 years um, but other than that it was probably great at the time but look I would give the show uh, it's a great watch we are 100% going to do more of these in future Martin we're going to make them mandatory before oh yeah it's, shows. it's and, such an easy watch and like you say it serves as a as a kind of backdrop to to whatever the main storylines are at the time. So and I am serious as well. If there is an appetite, you know, we'll we'll do a, an extra Patreon exclusive show where we, we we talk about heat and you know we'll do those in banks. But we'll have to see. Let us know if there is an an, um, an appetite for that. The wrestling rewind.com is where you can uh, contact us as well. So Martin before we get out of here, um is there anything you want to plug? No, I've finally one hundred percent at Hades. I don't well know done. if I mentioned that last well week, done. but uh, it took me 300 hours. Holy I hell. Pumped. I have spent more time on Hades than Breath of the Wild. Well, wow. But uh, finally 100% of it. Fair play. Um, I plan to play a lot of Switch and hopefully I will finish Hades soon as well. Well, um, uh, uh, is it Horrenda or Aborted Earth? It's Horrenda, is it? Horrenda, yeah. I have a big tour coming up. Yeah, we uh, do actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you'll have, a lot of, you'll have a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of traveling over to the UK and, and such. So, yeah, man, the Switch is going to be living in my bag. That's why I got it, actually, to, to travel around. But sure, look. You know, that Hades on the go. Absolutely. That's when you need it. But, yeah, look, guys, I will uh, plug the com, Um All the shows are there. They're there for free at the time being. We don't have any Patreon tiers at the moment. But we will be setting them up. Obviously, as you said, we'll be, you know, we're going to do this Heat series as well. And uh, next week, we're going to be talking about... The spoopies, the spoopy spoopies. Wrestling. I lo- I love how whenever at the end of the show, Dara says, "Do you have anything to plug?" He always does something like real professional, and it's about the the brand and the and the show and all that. And he goes, "Martin, do you have anything to plug?" And it's just like whatever my achievement this week was. <laughs> <laughs> That's important too, Martin. It's important to be proud of things, you know. And look, Hades is not an easy game. Legitimately, do play Hades. It's great. But um, yeah, again, guys, thank you so much for checking us out this week. We'll be back next week. If you have nothing else to do on a Saturday, if you like nerd things, now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 